Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And we are coming to you live. Right from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every single step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. Leave the music up, please. Billy Jack. Ric Flair's music dares not go down. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4CBS. One hour from now, Jay Jaffe going to join us from Fangraphs. We talk baseball and trade deadline with him. By the way, we wish a parting of ways. Very happy and rest in peace to the legendary Harley Race. A multi-time NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. One of the finest and toughest wrestlers of all time. Who passed away this week. We're talking wrestling. That's what we're talking about. By the way, WWE Network, unpaid testimonial, Mid-South Wrestling. You'll thank me later. Billy Jack, how the hell are you, son? I am freaking great. Five burning questions coming up in just a few minutes. Okay, you can put it down now. Theater, Billy. Theater. <laughs> I, I Come never on, know, Billy. I never know what to do with you. You know what I mean? Like you're. In... You know, we've only worked together for six months, so that's on you no, by now. No, it's, I been, mean... it's been longer than six months, Ken. I've worked with you when I was part-time. When you Ooh, were doing well, that, and again, that just makes your entire argument that much worse. Well, you change from week to week. You want it up. You want it down. You want. I, I want it. No, it's, it's, it's very simple. High noon, when Ric Flair's music goes, that stays up. Then you fade as time goes on. It's the same thing when we do Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream, Daddy, coming up at 1 p.m. Eastern. Well, that's what I'm. That's what I've been doing. But yeah, I, it seems not like today. today. Not well, today. Well, today's the only. The only. It was time quiet as a casket today. We're like doing a show in a library today. It was. What dark. are we doing? We're doing a sports talk radio over here. Poorly, might I add, right now, you Billy Jack. Ask. You can ask anybody, and they would say they heard that music I'm fine. I'm not asking anybody. I'm talking to you. I ain't asking anybody. I heard the music fine. You keep this up, I'm going to bring Shep back in here. That's cool, we will, and you know, and You know what? Everybody's going to suffer, because I'll just start reading his emails about the NBA. Okay? <laughs> Billy, you want to keep it up? You keep it up. I'm not doing anything wrong. Yeah, you're doing plenty wrong, buddy. Trust me about that. Uh, we got. I got. I was going to go somewhere else. I was going to say Andrew Luck is the last quarterback, and I still believe that the last true quarterback. And I still believe that. Uh, I got to jump back into Tommy Bowden for a second. The answer that he gave about the transfer, and I, I, I walk on eggshells. Coaches get really mad about that. And Tommy Bowden's a coach. He's an analyst, but he's a coach, and I like Tommy Bowden. I like Tommy Bowden because he's he's pretty honest about himself. It seems. <laughs> and, and I get worried because I'm like, I got to ask him about the transfer portal, and I know I'm not going to agree with him. I know it's not going to happen, and I just hope. Because I've had – I'm a pretty agreeable person other than Billy Jack. Uh, I'm a pretty agreeable person. I've had coaches who won't come back on because of that stuff. I, it just it, – I'm not going to agree with him. 
And Tommy Bond, I just like so much. So I, I did like the honesty after the answer about that. Do we have the clip about what he did at Tulane there, Tom? Here's Tommy Bowden uh, about his tenure at Tulane. When I basically asked him, I says, hey, I know the transfer portal is there, and maybe you say it's a little too easy, but what about coaches who just go left, right, and center after they tell kids they're going to stay? I brought, and I brought, had to bring guys in my office because after that first year I had success, and they said, Coach, you're going to be here because that's what people use against you. Well, he's going to leave. And, no, no, I, I can see myself staying here you know, for a long time. You just don't finish the other half of the sentence, but I can also see myself leaving shortly. <laughs> be careful. You have to, I hate to say that, but you know, you, you have to be, I didn't. You know, Nick Saban said he was not leaving Miami. I never said I wouldn't leave Tulane. I said I could see myself staying there and doing what my father did at Florida State, but. Uh, I can also see myself going to Clemson. <laughs> Tommy Bowden joining us on the show. All right. Well, your we're father. Not, we're, would... hey, we're not live. We're not live, are we? I can we can we reach a point? It's 2019. I hate starting sentences with that. Can we reach a point where everybody can be honest? Like I I watched Last Chance U. I thought it was, and I forget the guy's name. He was one of the assistant coaches under Jason Brown, who's, who's no longer there at Independence. And he said, I'm using this to get a stepping stone as another coach, and you're using this to get a stepping stone to another school. We need to make proper business decisions here. I was like, my God, I love that honesty. Can we be honest now? Now that we have a transfer portal, can we do this together? Like a guy like Dabo. I don't think Dabo Sweeney plans on leaving anytime soon. I really don't. I think that he's going to use that. I think he's going to use Alabama and a couple other places to get higher contracts, and that's perfectly fair. you got a bargaining chip. You might as well use that. That's perfectly fair. But I think he's got a great thing going at Clemson, and I don't I don't know if he's going to leave anytime soon. At least I don't think so. You can never guarantee any of this, but I don't think you would. But can we just be honest with each other about these type of things and say, son, I'm giving you a great opportunity here, and yeah, I might leave, but you might leave too. Right? Is that bad? Do I do I do I have to do I have to do what Tommy Bowden had to do? Tommy Bowden hasn't been a big time college football coach since 2008. It's been over a decade, and he was a pretty successful college football coach. That was a different era. Now we're in an era of a transfer portal where you can get the hell out of there in one year if you want to. I, I go back to what Harbaugh said. And I know Harbaugh said it under real strong scrutiny because of what had happened with the kid who was talking to him about the issues that he might be having personally. And it took a completely different meeting, and I'm sure Jim Harbaugh should apologize and, and be cognizant of that. But if you have like a one-off where you go, okay, I'm going to transfer. I don't like this situation. I'm going to transfer. It's a one-off. I think that's perfectly fair. I got coaches who go everywhere. We've always heard the stories about Tommy Tuberville where he said he wasn't leaving Ole Miss unless it was in a pine box and the, the plane's name was Pine Box, where he got up and left at dinner with recruits to go take the job at Cincinnati. Like All this other stuff has been brought up. Like Tommy Bowden had to leave that out. You, you understand that that's a man who's trying to figure out a way to sleep at night. These are big jobs. Tulane's Tulane. I would leave to go to Clemson. Tom would leave to go to Clemson. Billy Jack would leave to go to Clemson. We'd all leave to go to Clemson if we were coaching Tulane back in 1998. We got the Tulane Green Wave to 11-0. Are you freaking kidding me? And Clemson calls with all their money and prestige? I'm going to Clemson. I'm sorry, son. I got to do this. 
and you would do it too. And I don't understand why we have to ha- we have to stand here and have these stupid conversations with each other about integrity and seeing it through when you could leave at any time. Chris Peterson could have left at any time, and he eventually did. Went from Boise to Washington. And I know Chris Peterson says, well, I didn't leave Boise in a bad position. I didn't leave any of that. When times got tough, we saw it through. Possibly. That's that's absolutely true in your eyes. But if a player has an opportunity, just like you had an opportunity, why do I have to hold it against him? Why do I have to make the kid, the young man, technically the young adult, why do I have to make the young kid feel like a quitter or 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 or, or, or some sort of a sleaze because he's seeking a better opportunity? The same thing a coach does. I, I don't understand that. I don't know why we do this. I don't know why Chris Peterson did it last week. I don't know why Tommy Bowden has to talk about it, talk around it today. I don't know why any one of these other coaches do. And they never do themselves a solid. Every single media days we do this, and every single one of these coaches want to line up and say, well, it's the easy way out. Why is it easy? Because it makes your job tougher to recruit? I know that you had plans in 2019 for quarterback X and 2020 for quarterback X, and I know that makes it difficult. That's what the money's for. How much money does Dabo Sweeney make now? $10 million a year? I, I don't need an exact number. I'm taking a guess. 10 plus? That, that's what you're paid to do. You're paying them seen amount of money, life-changing money that, that will change. And I'm using Dabo just the example because I got done talking to a Clemson coach. I, I don't think that... Dabo's really crazy about this, and I think that Dabo, in a lot of ways, will sell every single player he has and try to make his situation as good as possible because having the guy on before he won a national championship and even after a national championship, you ask him about Taj Boyd, he's going to tell you to your face that he can make your NFL football team better. He doesn't care. He loves those players. But I'll just use him as an example. If he makes, How much does he make, Tom? 9.3 9.3 per year. 10-year, 10 10 year, $93 million contract. $93 million. Life-changing money, generational life-changing money for he, his children, and his children's children. And if they set it up right, his children's children's children. There are people who are not born yet that will benefit off the back of Dabo Sweeney. That's what you get paid for. That's big-time college football now, brother. You want to recruit with the bigs? Kids who know exactly or what they believe, and there are obviously kids who have their head up their own ass. They're kids. I had my head up my own ass at that age. I'm sure that a five-star recruit from Texas probably certainly has his even further than mine, and I was a no-star recruit and didn't even play. So that's the name of the game now. You're paid to do that. Stop bitching during media days. Stop complaining. Stop putting it on the kid because that's because going to make you look worse in the long run. Stop putting it on the kid. Get your guys out there and get to Cruton. Go get the player. And if the player is ready to leave and is a cantankerous, fine. This is a programmatic non-fit in the words of Brad Childress. And away he goes. Stop blaming a player. It just makes you look bad. And you look at that player. He's got so many more snaps in him. He's got so many more opportunities in him. He's got so many other opportunities, so few opportunities for education plus college football plus a real shot to the go to the next level. Very few of these guys even get to the next level, but I can't deny them that shot, and I don't know if I can tell a kid that you have no shot to play in the NFL. We hear stories all the time, guys like Julian Edelman, who I watched play quarterback in college at Kent State. Played quarterback in the MAC. 
And now people argue about whether or not he should be in the Hall of Fame. I don't owe it to that kid to tell him what I believe is the truth. I don't. I can't fulfill that. So if that kid believes that going to from Ohio State to Miami, like Tate Martell or whoever, gives him a better shot to play at the next level, then damn the torpedoes, away you go. I use college football, if I'm a head coach, as a way to make my life better, to play a sport I love. They're using a sport they love to make their lives better. Can we just be honest with each other now? Now that there's a transfer portal. Some of the abject stupidity that I see at times, it's, it's unbelievable to me. Unless you are at, and I would even say the NFL plays a little bit of a part in this with coaches, but unless you are, and we always wonder about Alabama, and coaches will always use it, but unless you're part of that 1% college football, like Ryan Day at Ohio State, Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma, Dabo now, Nick Saban certainly because he's in his 60s, and those guys have the hardware. Unless you're those guys, if you're mid-tier power five, low-tier power five, mid-major, be upfront and honest. Yeah, if we're if we're twelve and zero, if we're eleven and one, and we go to a nice bowl game, I'm probably going to get real nice offers, and and more than likely I'd leave. And I know that that psycho college football coaches don't believe that then and there. They have to understand that that they're going to get an opportunity to do something incredible, and that they need to take that seriously, just like the kid would. If we can all be honest with each other, maybe we can make things better. Instead of me having to go ranting and raving about the same thing that you heard last year and the year before, and you'll probably hear next year because it ain't going to change, about what Chris Peterson said last week or whatever any one of the other coaches say during the week. Guys having great rants on whether or not guys kids are toughing it out, even though they can go anywhere they want. 855-2124-CBS. Up next, five burning questions. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. All right, five burning questions time. You know I'm looking for something good out of you, Tom. Let's hit it. All right, Ken. Uh, Vic Fangio, the new Broncos head coach, fulfilled his promise to become the first NFL head coach to challenge a pass interference call. This happened, of course, in the only game that's happened so far Thursday. I thought you were going to ask me about his kidney stones. Hall of Fame game. No, he did coach after experiencing and struggling with kidney stones all day. He lost the pass interference challenge, but obviously there was a lot of talk just about the fact that this happened at all since it's never happened before. Hey. Going going into the Hall of Fame later today, I just want to read this (laughs) quote from uh, now Hall of Fame cornerback Ty Law. Yeah, but I want to ask you a question. Okay, please. Go ahead. What does Vic Fangio's kidney stones and Joe Flacco have in common? Oh, jeez. They both can't pass. Tom. Tom. They both can't pass. Yeah. What made you pick Flacco, just out of curiosity, of all the the the, passers in the world? Quarterback of the Broncos. Oh, I see. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I see. Hey, Tom. They both can't pass. Yeah, you got it. Anyway, Ty Law hates it. He's disappointed. He says, I'm disappointed in that because it's going to take away from the game. You know, referees are out there for a reason. Yes, they don't make every right call, but yeah. something like that, a pass interference, once you start opening that can of worms, it's going to get ugly, and the game's going to get a lot longer. So, Ken, are you more likely to be satisfied or infuriated with challenges on pass interference oh, calls oh, this I'm season? Oh, I'm going to be infuriated because I tell you this. The Cowboys might be America's team. Jim Rome says the Browns are America's team. Regardless, the Browns or the Cowboys or whoever might be America's team. The Saints are the NFL's team. Sean Payton carries as much political power as Roscoe Conklin. I mean, this is a guy 
who just gets what he wants, and he didn't get that call because he should have got that call, and that's all true. But you know what? I'll still say it till the till the cows come home. You were at home in the loudest stadium in the NFL against a quarterback who has to listen to every single word or he'll be lost coming from Sean McVay. You have one of the greatest quarterbacks of the generation, and you had overtime. Instead of you freaking out with a veteran organization, you should have been able to get over that and win that game at home and overtime in the loudest stadium. Except you freaked out, then you bitched and moaned about it. Now you have, what, Roger Goodell being hauled off into court over this, and you got a rule change out of it. it, it again, the Browns, eh, I don't know. The Cowboys historically are America's team. I'll tell you what, the Saints, though, they are the NFL's team. There's guys who hold real political power. And you are seeing right now, he is Nancy Pelosi, he is Chuck Schumer, he is Ted Cruz, all wrapped up into one. That is Sean Payton. And thanks, you're going to make the beginning of this season absolutely horrible because you freaked out and couldn't coach in the NFC Championship game at home. Next. All right, so John Harbaugh and the Ravens had a little bit of a weird week. Cornerback Cyrus Jones made a couple repeated mistakes, uh, mental mistakes in practice. Harbaugh said something like, we don't need dumb towards him, which caused Jones to fire back, and then he got thrown out of the practice. Marlon Humphrey supposedly then also joined in, uh, barking towards his head coach. Harbaugh chucked him out of the practice. This comes after earlier in the week, their fifth-round pick uh, wide receiver from last year, Jordan Lasley, got in two fights in two days and then chucked a football into a nearby pond after scoring a touchdown and was cut. So, Ken, all this chaos around the Ravens' camp right now, you think this is a good or a bad sign? Well, it can't be good. I don't know how you could spin that into something good. I mean, Ravens Just fans will say, setting, I guess. Yeah. "Yeah, Ravens fans will say we like players with passion." Well, if they're getting thrown out of practice and they can't work on their craft, that's probably not very good. And this is an interesting team. I have no idea what they're going to do offensively. Jim Harbaugh or John Harbaugh says that they're going to run more than anyone else out there. They could be very frustrating because they're not going to pass, and they could be able to hold on to the ball. And Lamar Jackson is an incredible athlete. But if you're talking about, well, we're going to run more than any other team out there, and we're going to do it with Lamar Jackson. I don't know how long you're going to do that. But, man, this this whole back talk thing to John Harbaugh, John Harbaugh demands respect, deserves respect. He's one of the finest coaches in the NFL. He's doing what he has to do. I'm surprised by this back talk and this foolishness from some of these players out there. But, no, I, I don't think that it helps by any means because, again, you're not out there on the field to perfect your craft. So I'm going to say it's harmful. Next. It's a couple of Saban players, too, which is really interesting because you think they would be you know wise to the drill here. You don't snap back at coach. But anyway, moving on to Antonio Brown and his slow start as an Oakland Raider. He started training camp on the non-football injury list. He's since been activated, but he's only taken part in a pre-practice walkthrough and very early stages of practice on Tuesday. That's it. That's all he's done. John Gruden is getting frustrated already. He's told ESPN, I think we're all disappointed. Uh, We think he's disappointed. We'd like to get the party started. We'd like to get him out here. He's a big part of the team. Uh, Ken, how long do you think the partnership of John Gruden and Antonio Brown lasts? Probably till the end of the contract. They just signed him, didn't they? They just reworked the contract, didn't they? I mean, this is what you traded for. See, this is what I don't understand with Antonio Brown. Don't do this. I'm willing to say that you you made an ass out of yourself to get out of Pittsburgh. Don't don't justify that. You got the upper hand. You got out. You got paid. And now it's on Ben Roethlisberger to get the Steelers to the postseason. You ended up in Oakland. Oh, th- this is the last chance for Derek Carr. I-, I made this analogy last week. Derek Carr is like a wife whose husband is on Instagram way too much. Like, he might be faithful, but he's liking way too many pictures on Instagram. He's thinking about it. 
They need to put a stop to that. Derek Carr is in his last possible year, and boy, this guy keeps talking. John uh, John Gruden keeps talking about Nathan Peterman and Kyler Murray before the draft, and all these other guys, and Derek Carr, who at one point was one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL, and is now trying to resurrect his career, basically because of the injury here, you're getting nothing from your head coach, and now you have this problem with Antonio Brown. Don't act like an ass if you're Antonio Brown. You have the upper hand. But now you're just showing your ass more and more. If this is going to be the way that things are with the Oakland Raiders, it's just going to completely justify what happened in Pittsburgh for Pittsburgh fans. That stuff, that low-class garbage that you pulled with Juju Smith-Schuster, that's going to be justified for Pittsburgh fans and for Juju Smith-Schuster. You you have a chance to show that you were the winner out of all this. Don't show your ass. You were in Pepsi commercials a year ago. You were in major soft drink, major sponsor commercials a year ago. Don't do this to yourself. If you can practice, get in practice. Be a good teammate. You need to do this. Next. And just for the record, that Antonio Brown contract this offseason was three years, $50 million with an out after two seasons. So so he'll be gone in two years? Is that going to be worth a first-round pick? Possibly. I don't like it. Next. All right, the first college football poll of the year is out. Here's the top ten. Clemson, number one. Alabama, number two. Georgia, number three. Oklahoma, number four. Ohio State, five. LSU, six. Michigan, seven. Florida, eight. Notre Dame, nine. Texas, ten. Not a whole lot of surprises there, but Ken, do you think that we're heading towards anything other than the seemingly inevitable Clemson versus Alabama National Championship part four this year? Nope. And I got another one for you. Georgia's going to lose to Alabama again, and people are going to start calling for Kirby Smart's hat. You ready for that one? Yeah. (laughs) Because think about this. Clemson, you can't get any better than Dabo Sweeney. Alabama, you can't get any better than Nick Saban. If you battle it out again for a national championship, I I, I know people are going to say I'm bored and they're not going to watch it. They're going to watch it. It's college football. Georgia, this will be what? Year three you have a chance to get after Nick Saban in Alabama? You got to get after Nick Saban in Alabama. That's what they went out and they got you for. You're a former Nick Saban guy. You got to be able to beat the teacher at some point there. Georgia's trying to play big boy football. You're going to upset people who want to play big boy football if you're Georgia. Oklahoma, Lincoln Riley's still too young. And if he's able to get into the college football playoff again with another different quarterback, guess what? This whole Zeke Elliott conversation we're having, that's going to be up because if Zeke Elliott does and end with the Dallas Cowboys this year, then they're not going to go to the Super Bowl. That means that people are going to be calling for Jason Garrett's job, and now you have another great part of a resume where you took another quarterback, took him to the postseason, you've had two quarterbacks already drafted number one who are in unorthodox quarterbacks, and that means that if you want to pay Dak and don't want to go back to sucking up the room so you get a high pick for a quarterback, you need a guy who can coach that quarterback, and guess who can? Lincoln Riley, baby! Ohio State, if they don't finish in the postseason this year, they're going to go after Gene Smith which they should, didn't really interview anybody else. He wanted his own version of Lincoln Riley. Well, he got his own version of Lincoln Riley and Ryan Day. We'll see how good Ryan Day is. And it's amazing that three weeks before the season, we're getting new Urban Meyer and Zach Smith stuff bubble up. LSU, they'll put Ed Orgeron on the hot seat as LSU wants to do because LSU wants to play big boy football, but they went a little bit underground instead of going top dollar for their quarter for their head coach because they've been crying poor over the last couple of years. Florida will inevitably lose some games and they'll find a 
a way to blame that on Urban Meyer. Brian Kelly will lose a couple of games at Notre Dame, be red-faced like he looks like one of the guys from the Revenge of the Killer Tomatoes, but Notre Dame will be Notre Dame, and Brian Kelly will be Brian Kelly. I probably see about 10-2 and two out of Brian Kelly and Notre Dame, and that'll be a fine season. Texas is an interesting one. Tom Herman, you're getting into another year. you got to get double-digit wins again. I don't know if you are yet where Oklahoma is, but you're there. Jimbo Fisher and what I'll, what Texas A&M has done, I tell you, got to watch out for them. That guy's back up on it again. He lost his vigor. He lost his fun with Florida State. He's got it back, and nobody, or at least very few, are as good as Jimbo when it comes to cruiting, and Jimbo's ready to cruit. Washington, I don't know if anybody's going to really get in their crawl over the yes, over the Pac-12. Looking for Oregon to do something finally there after they've gone through all the changes they've had at head coach. And now I see what James Franklin's going to do with the Penn State Nittany Lions at 14th overall. And that's basically where I'll stop. Because I wanted to give you a little bit more than what I gave you right there. Is that okay? That's more than okay. Thank you very much. Last we continue. One. Last one. Christmas Day NBA schedule has been announced. Here are the games. Celtics versus Raptors. Bucks versus Sixers. Pelicans versus Nuggets, Rockets versus Warriors, and Lakers versus Clippers. So, Ken, which matchup is most enticing to you? Where are the Lakers at? Lakers versus Clippers, Rockets versus Warriors, Pelicans versus Nuggets, Bucks versus Sixers, Celtics versus It's got to be Lakers, Clippers. It's got to be Lakers, Clippers, right? Right? Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm just, I just, this is just, I, I'm, I don't have a list in front of me, so you this is just Zion, off the top of my head. You got the new look Rockets versus the kind of new look Warriors. You have yeah. the Bucks and Sixers, who I think are going to be, uh, I told real you, man, close in the East all season. 30 for 30, house divided. It's already, you start it right now. Kawhi, Paul George, LeBron, Anthony Davis, the 30 for 30, house divided, this era of LA basketball. Who ain't watching? Do you think Andy Bill- be, sorry, do you think they'll be the one and two seeds, Lakers and Clippers? Maybe. My buddy Andy Billman should already be starting on the documentary. And I should be the one to narrate it since I came up with the title. What do you think? I think you got a new project. What if I told you that a fat guy from Cleveland came up with a better idea <laughs> for a 30 for 30 than anybody else out there? It still needs to be written, though. Should the uh, Real quick, should the Clippers change their name? You know, that's interesting. Steve Ballmer kind of kicked that around that press conference. That that definitely went under the radar going, oh, well, wait, well, wait a minute. You're going to change the name? The ship reference in L.A. doesn't really make sense. They came from San Diego, which is why they're named after Well, I'm ships. sure there's do- there's docks there, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I, 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 no, they don't need to change the name. Okay. What do you think? You think they, you think they should? I just don't know. Could you could you better embody L.A. The with a different name, like the Stars or something like that? That sucks. I know. That's what I mean. The commute, the traffic, the four hundred fives, <laughs> the white Ford Bronco. Okay, that's enough. That's enough. Coming up next. <laughs> Come on, that was funny. Oh, I was laughing. Okay, Jerry, you have no choice if you want to be taken seriously for a Super Bowl. Get out the pen, get out the checks, sign Zeke Elliott. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 
And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Also, 855-212-4227 at CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line. It's brought to you by GEICO. There's a quick way you can save money. You switch to GEICO. You go to GEICO.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. It's been an hour. I'm still getting yelled at over Disney World. An hour. Well, that's good. It's really not. It's really not. It, you know, it's 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 not. Do you understand me, Tom? Uh, I just want I you said, to go before you pass such harsh judgment. I don't know, but I, I'm sure it's a good time. I'm not saying it's not a good time. I just wasn't excited as a kid, and I'm certainly not excited as an adult. I'm not excited on, on any of that stuff. I, I told you when I was a kid, when I was a kid... I just didn't care about, like, Little Mermaid, no. I don't care about Ariel or Dad or the lady who looks like Guy Fieri who was casting spells on everybody. I don't care about Beauty and the Beast. I wasn't into talking tea kettles. What other? Oh, yeah, I told you. Fantasia, I'm sure my parents watched that stone and thought I would like that as a kid. Nope. Didn't like Mickey Mouse walking around with brooms. And Lion King was the worst of them all. Fourth grade, fifth grade, I remember, because every time I had to sit through it, you don't understand what it was like. Now, I I know that I'm in the, the very, very small minority. When I was a kid, it was a tour de force. Everybody loved The Lion King, and what I mean, everybody, I mean everybody except me. It was me who hated it, and nobody else. I had nobody I could talk to. They all loved The Lion King. And every time there was rain outside and you were like at camp or you were at grandma's or something, anywhere I was at, it was, well, we'll watch Lion King. Kids love the Lion King. We'll put Lion King in front of them. So those were the old VHS days that came in the real big jacket. And I would watch Lion King. I'm telling you right now, going to Lion King felt like I was clocking in for a 12-hour day at work. It was long. I hated Simba. I it wasn't even like I was rooting for Scar or anything like that. I just hated the whole thing. I really did from the very beginning to the very end. I I hated when they held Simba up over the rocks. I wanted them to throw him right over the rocks, which eventually they did when they created the internet and Twitter and there were gifts. I didn't care about Mufasa. I didn't care about any of it. The whole thing sucks. And to tell you about that, because I I don't really know many of the goings-on because I would either fall asleep or try to focus on anything else than the Lion King. And so when I was in fourth and fifth grade when this piece of garbage came out and everybody loved the Lion King, it was everything I could to not scream and go the other way. Like, I I'm a, I thought I was a normal kid. I like Nickelodeon. I like Double Dare and, and Hey Dude and Are You Afraid of the Dark. Loved Are You Afraid of the Dark. Love that show. Pete and Pete, are you kidding me? Doug? Oh, my God. Getting home and eating Dunkaroos and watching Doug, that was the best, man. I loved cartoons when I was a kid, obviously. I thought I was a normal kid. I just hate Disney, and I hated The Lion King, and you're putting that right back in my face again because we're all millennials, and I am too. Some guy got in an argument saying, oh, well, you're a millennial too. I am a millennial too, and if you want to go to Disney World, we're the most nostalgic group out of everybody because we grew up in that generation where we were the 
richest group of children in American history. So obviously we're nostalgic because now we're all adults and we can't get jobs and we have crippling student debt and we also have the health care scenario that's going on. And we'll get into a political conversation that I don't want to get into. That's why I'm going to stop there. But obviously we're a very nostalgic group of people. So it makes sense in a shooting fish in a barrel that we're going to have a live action movie or whatever the hell it is with The Lion King now. It sucked then and I don't want to watch it now. Don't make me watch The Lion King now. And you can tell I didn't pay attention because I don't know anything that was going on in the movie. And when I was in field, when, I, when we had field day at Redurban Elementary in Perry Township, which Redurban Elementary isn't even there anymore, it rained. And we're in the school gymnasium. And they break down the great big projector screen. And I know what they're going to show. <laughs> and we all sit there, the whole school. And they put on the freaking Lion King. And I fell asleep, and a little girl named Giselle, who's a very nice girl as an adult now, and I wish her the best, but she shouted at me for falling asleep during The Lion King because I didn't respect The Lion King. I didn't like any of that stuff. And I know I'm probably the only person in America who doesn't. I know that. And I'm dreading taking my three sons to Disney World. I will put on, I promise, I won't be a sourpuss. I'll put on a happy face. I'll wear the Mickey Mouse ears. But I can also promise you this. I will feign excitement and fun that week we were at Disney World. I promise you. And you're going to sit there and go, you'll have a good time. And you'll be happy you went to Disney World. I promise you I won't. I promise you I'm going to hate every single second of it. I'm going to hate the heat. I'm going to hate the walking. I'm going to hate the rides that I'm going to have to sit on and force myself to or act like I'm going to have to like the entire time. Friends, I will be Daniel Day Lewis that week. I promise you this. You will not change my opinion. I hated the movies when I was a kid when they were geared for me. I can't tell you how much I'm going to hate them as an adult. I grew up watching, wanting to watch Major League every day. I did not want to watch Mickey Mouse Dance with Brooms. It wasn't going to happen. And it that, it certainly didn't happen for Kenny Carmen, the five-year-old and the eight-year-old. And it's certainly not going to happen for Kenny Carmen, the 33-year-old. And when by the time I take my kids to Disney World, probably the 38-year-old. It's not going to happen that way. And I can promise you this. The best moment of that entire trip for me personally, when I'll be genuinely happy, is the moment we arrive right back here in Cleveland. And I know I'm not forced to ever go back again. So I know I'm the only person in the entire country. And I understand that you like it. And I don't begrudge you for liking it. I know there's something wrong with me. I thought I was normal. Friends, I did. America, I thought I, I was normal. I know there's something wrong with me. I'm in the absolute smallest minority that you could find. Everybody loves Disney. Except me. I don't begrudge you for liking tea kettles that talk in unrealistic storylines that we know are not real in real life. And I'm not even talking about a beast stays a beast in real life. Who's the, who's the princess in, in Beauty and the Beast? What's that woman's Belle? name? Belle? Belle? Is that who it is? I don't know. Is it Belle? <laughs> you know in real life, Belle definitely stays with Gaston. You definitely know. know that. Oh, I know the A-hole's know. name because I talk to A-holes all the time, so I remember the A-hole's name. I remember, I'll, I remember Gaston. In real life, 
<laughs> Bell stays with Gaston. If you have children listening in the van, you better turn it off right now. Get- <laughs> Bell stays with Gaston. All right? I was the ugly Gaston. duckling when I was a kid. Bell stayed with Gaston. If I thought that I was going to be the beast and all of a sudden we would kiss and I'd become a great butte in my own right, it never happened. <laughs> I was going to talk about Zeke Elliott. And I, can't, I just had to get this off my chest. You've become my therapist. And I thank you for listening. And I know you think something's wrong with me. Because my dad asked me when I was eight if I wanted to go to Disney World. And I told him no. And I said I'd rather go to SeaWorld. And I live like a king at SeaWorld. You should have seen it. Shamu was something you could get behind. You know why? Because when I go to Disney World and I go into the Hall of Presidents or whatever it is, I'll be able to leave. Shamu could have killed me. And I knew that there was a level of danger in there. Easy, PETA. I know. I know you're shutting them down. I know it probably wasn't cool for the Shamu anyway. But for me, as an eight-year-old boy, I was entertained. And I went three times that summer, and it was great. You know what I didn't have to do? Watch The Lion King. None of it. Snow White and the Seven Dwarves? Please. What other what other crap did they come up? You know what? I take that back. There was another movie I actually liked that they had. You ready? Were they the ones behind 101 Dalmatians? Yeah, of course. I liked Classic. 101 Dalmatians. I liked see, 101 how, see, Dalmatians. How does that... How is that one? Cruella de Vil. Yeah, the music, yeah the I music love that. Music and Lion King is yep. amazing, though. You no, the, music and Lion King sucks. No. <laughs> Poor yeah, Billy Jack. Poor Billy Jack it. has been sitting through this entire segment in shock because he missed it the first time around. Now this I hate it even unreal. more. I hate it even more because it's bringing up bad memories of when I hated it then. <laughs> That's the thing. I hated it when I was a kid, and you're going to make me watch it again. And I, I swear to you, on my children, on my sons... I promise you, I will not be a sourpuss. I know that it's not about me. It's for my sons. I, I, I promise you all you parents out there, I will do what's right, and I will act like I'm having a good time. And my son will not hear this rant. My son's four. I hopefully will he will not hear this rant by the time we end up going in about five years, and he's nine, and, and he can have fun in, in the Magic Kingdom. I promise you, I will, I will act like I love the whole thing because I want them to have a great memory. But someday, when they're adults, and if I get to live that long, they're going to know the horrible truth that Dad hated every single second of it. And I'm going to hate every second of it. Disney, Walt Disney, Lord. Up next, Jay Jaffe, Fangraphs. We talk baseball and non-moves at the trade deadline. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.